and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 9 of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So last we left off, uh, it seems like the Elric brothers were in a bit of a bind. At the Fifth Laboratory, they've basically learned some interesting stuff, and in the process, Ed got his arm wrecked, and Alphonse... I don't want to say he's learned something, but I think like he's sort of been made privy to an unsettling theory. And in either case, both brothers are... Uh, reasonably shaken up. You know, Ed got roughed up physically, but Alphonse was suffering much more mentally rather than physically. Partially due to the nature of his body. So unfortunately, what was a promising lead, the fifth laboratory, is now little more than rubble. So on the one hand, you have to admire the dedication of Ed in that, despite being fairly severely wounded, he's not content to just sit around. Now one also has to wonder, um, these two officers just struck Ed across the face, and as I understand it, uh, he has the rank equivalent to a major, and they are, I believe, a lieutenant and maybe like a corporal and um, you know I have very little military knowledge but it seems to me that striking a superior officer is a rather grave offense I mean I guess uh, these two have lucked out in that Ed is um, not especially militarily minded See, Ed was uh, 
a little too quick to dispense with the whole military rank thing, I think, you know. You could at least lord it over them a little bit, considering they just slapped you across the face. So, despite being scolded by his uh, subordinates, Ed is going to have to tell Winry, you know, whoops, sorry, I broke that arm again just after you reconstruct the entire thing. Granted, it'll probably be much easier to repair this time, considering the whole thing isn't shattered to pieces. Nevertheless, this is a rather uncomfortable conversation. Uh huh. so it wasn't its fault after all. Winry, uh, screwed the pooch and forgot a rather crucial screw, it would seem. I like how she's playing this as if it's entirely Ed's fault. I mean, ostensibly it could be his fault, he has no way of knowing that it isn't, but, uh... You know, if when we were to let him off the hook, that would seem even more suspicious. So I guess, really, they both kind of get off easy. You know, Winry doesn't chew him out as much as she otherwise might. She's going to make a service call. And uh, Winry doesn't have to tell him that she screwed up. So now we have the big conflict here between Ed and Al. So Alphonse is sort of grappling with the potential truth that he might not be a real person and is in fact basically a bundle of false memories attached to a suit. So I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I feel like this is kind of like forced drama for no real reason. I don't want to repeat myself any more than strictly necessary. Wow, that just adds insult to injury, a little walking automaton bumping into his foot. But, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, I feel like this is forced drama just for the sake of it, but on the other hand, I think it's sort of indicative of the human mind's ability to rationalize. Because, from Alphonse's position, Edward is the one person he trusts more than anyone else, therefore he should be above suspicion. But because Barry the Chopper told him, you know, your brother just made you and you're an automaton. It's that it's so outlandish that Ed's place of... Unsuspectability makes him all the more suspicious. And the human mind just sort of rationalizes this seemingly just to cause trouble. I mean, I know I'm sometimes prone to thinking like that, and I've known other people to think like that, too. So, you know, I guess it's more realistic writing than anything else. You know, I mean, I don't want to knock it too harshly, especially because I'm rather fond of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but I guess I think if I have to identify a weak link here, that would probably be one of them. So once again, Ed and Winry are sort of uh, talking past each other. You know, Winry 
thought she was going to be in trouble, but uh, Ed doesn't realize that she's screwed up, so uh, she kind of got off scot-free. Uh, I mean, she just sort of charges him the rush order fee just because I feel like that's a little harsh considering she was ultimately at fault. You know, she could cut him a discount. You know, you gotta feel sorry for the Elric brothers when Major Armstrong's around. He's a very, um... Robust personality, shall we say. He can certainly fill a room with his personality, if not with his muscles. You know, I have to say, I really do appreciate the mechanical designs here in Full Metal Alchemist. Because that arm looks like it has like actual pieces to it that could feasibly potentially be like a working thing. Granted, you know, mechanical engineering isn't exactly my field of expertise, but I just like looking at stuff like that. Because I know from my own experience that drawing is difficult. You know, far be it for me to draw much more than a stick figure. But to draw something mechanical and to do so well and consistently strikes me as... Um, well, a rather impressive feat. So it seems like it's a bit of a running joke here that uh, Winry and Ed are a thing. I mean, they're not so far, but I feel like Ed almost protests a little too much about this whole business. Granted, he is like, what, a teenager? Teenagers are kind of squirrely about that kind of thing. Especially if the girl in question is like a childhood friend. Ooh. Just gave her the cold shoulder hard. Now this is none of your business, you're just a stupid girl with cooties. Man. Really killed the mood there, Ed. Oh dear. He just can't help himself, he has to invite everyone over to see his family. I mean, I guess to Winry's benefit, you know, she couldn't be invited over to spend time with a nicer family. Oh, Winry made a rookie mistake here. She asked what the occasion was. So now Hughes is going to break out all the pictures.
So I'm wondering what exactly Hughes' angle is here. You know, he strikes me as a character who's not just what he appears to be. I mean, yeah, he's highly devoted to his family, but there's something else here. You know, I'd imagine you don't get to be the rank he is without some sort of merit. Trying to remember what his rank was. I'm tempted to say he's a colonel, which puts him higher up on the chain of command than a major, and therefore most state alchemists. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sure it was um, mentioned before. So I guess um, Hughes, if nothing else, has a talent for sort of um, talking some sense into Winry and reassuring her. Oh, Hughes. You can't brandish a gun at a bunch of kids, dude. Man. But, you know, I guess I can't fault him too much. He's such a devoted father that you can hardly blame him. You know, this is a nice little sweet segment here. Winry has ingratiated herself to the Hughes family so much that, you know, they almost consider her a sister to their daughter. So meanwhile, Edward and Alphonse have yet to resolve anything. So despite the sort of, um, I guess, inner turmoil that's going on, Alphonse isn't really showing any of it. He's just sort of bottling it up right now. Whoop. Ed just touched off the powder keg. Man, I feel bad for Winry having just walked in right in time to hear that outburst. Oh dear. So whatever little inciting incident that caused this outburst, you know, it's very clear that there's something else going on here that's fueling this. Oh, and there we have it. You know, Edward never got around to telling Alphonse what he was afraid to say. You know, it really seems like it was a rather unfortunate coincidence that led to this whole business. You know, it is pretty unfortunate that he's levying such heavy accusations on everyone.
I mean, I guess, uh, credit to Ed for not, um, escalating the screaming match. You know, I know from semi-personal experience that it takes a fair degree of restraint and self-control to not escalate a verbal argument like that. Of course, he doesn't necessarily have to be the one. You know, Winry's perfectly capable to lay about Alphonse with a pipe wrench. I mean, it's not like she could do him any real harm. He certainly can't feel it, but... I think that she's willing to take a wrench to him in and of itself is a pretty good indication of how she feels. You know, come to think of it, I don't think she would refrain beating Ed with a pipe wrench either. So fortunately for the brothers' relationship, Winry is privy to a bit more information that Alphonse was not aware of. And in doing so, you know, she can sort of attempt to mend things. So, you know, as much sense in a weird sort of way as Barry the Chopper's hypothesis made, Winry is talking real sense too. You know, Ed had essentially risked his life to get the automail surgery early on and recover quickly. You know, why would he have put himself at great personal risk for what is essentially an automaton of his own creation? And, you know, when you frame it that way, it makes everything look silly. So it seems like this whole conflict here is more of a symbolic gesture. You know, Ed wasn't really intending to hurt him or fight seriously, but it was more like, you know, once we fight and get it out of our systems, we'll go back to being good friends. And I do find it interesting that Edward mentions this is the first time he's ever won. Granted, he used fairly underhanded means to do so. I mean, surviving battle is honor, honor enough, but I don't know, it really seems like that was all it took. They're back to being good friends again. So, you know, Alphonse was already pretty convinced, but I'm glad Ed is taking the time to sort of convince him further, you know. 
Like, was all this conviction a lie? You know, surely it wasn't, so it must be real. And I think that's a nice little symbolic gesture, the fist bump between metal armor and a metal arm, rather than flesh on armor. Well, something I'd never really noticed before, but you know what, I dig it. It's a nice little symbolic way of showing that they're basically in this together. So now we're getting an interesting little flashback here with um, that lunatic alchemist Kimbley and Scar. Seems like this was a rather unwelcome memory. So despite the Ishbalan genocide, there's still some left, albeit they now live in slums. But I'd imagine that after all they've been through, they'd be rather prone to creating enclaves. You know, it's nice in a weird sort of way that that old man despite all of the horrors he's no doubt lived through, can maintain some form of optimism. Alright, so we're learning a little bit about Scar. You know, he's got these tattoos on that arm that he didn't have in that flashback. So it seems like perhaps those tattoos are some sort of heirloom, in a sense.
Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.